Happy Friday. Today we're talking to Corey Oaks, OTO Development. Corey's coming to us from his AC Hotel in Spartanburg, South Carolina. We're gonna learn how Corey got started developing blockbuster video stores. Anybody remember those? Then they built ESA, Extended Stay Hotels. Now, of course, Corey builds beautiful hotels all across the country. We're gonna find out how life is during this crazy time that we're living. Uh, and make sure you stay to the end where Corey shows us his signature Spartanburg cocktail. Thanks for joining. Hi, Corey, you look great. <laughs> you, look, you look comfortable. Listen, I did go a little casual. I did, you put the like eye and everything on. I got tired, it's the summer, I went the other way. I like it. I've been alone way too long. <laughs> We've all been alone way too long. <laughs> no. Where are you? You look like you're good. That, that's not your house. I hope not. This is um, the lobby of our uh, AC in Spartanburg. Oh, that's a good looking lobby. When'd you yeah. open that hotel? You need to come see this thing. I do, I do need to come see this thing. <laughs> it's about two years old. Two years old. All right. That means uh, I'm years late. Yeah, that's right. What are you waiting on? I don't know. I, apparently now this pandemic to end. <laughs> I don't know when that's going to happen. Maybe two more years before I can get there. Corey, what are we doing? Why are we in this industry? Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a profound question that deserves at least two bottles of wine. <laughs> I'm in. So, <laughs> deal, come to the house. That's probably yeah. the safest place these days. Yeah, unfortunately. I, I mean, it is, uh, it's just sad. It is. So, uh, thank you for coming on. You're a good man. Um, Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I was, I wanted to get started and I was, I was thinking through all this stuff when, uh, we, when we were going to talk and I go back through, I should ask you, how'd you get into the business and how'd you get started? But I'm going to answer some things for you. But I was, I was remembering the ESA days. You guys got started building ESAs. And those were, I think the quote I remember even from you was they were, we were in the self storage business and we decided that extended stay hotels were self storage for people. <laughs> uh, that wasn't my quote, <laughs> but uh, uh, coming out of Wofford, I, I uh, joined a, a blockbuster video franchise, WJB Video in Spartanburg, that uh, was led by a guy named George Johnson that was you know, arguably the, not arguably, he is the greatest entrepreneur in the history of South Carolina, and uh, we built 200 stores stretching from Virginia, Louisiana, down into Florida. Sold that back to the parent, moved down to Fort Lauderdale, became part of Blockbuster Corporate. He was uh, president and I was, on, Todd, Todd Turner and I were on the development side. In our last year there, we opened more new stores than any retailer in the world. And uh, Viacom came along, bought Blockbuster. We left Blockbuster. And uh, somebody had called George about Suburban Lodge, believe it or not, and uh, looked at that and said, you know, it's, uh, it's rental. We look, you know, what are the things we like in businesses, business models, rental, recurring revenue, high margin, uh, some brand means something, some barrier to entry. There's not, they're not huge barriers, but there are some barriers. And uh, at the time, there were only 95 brands in Lodge. Think about that. 
Only 95 brands in Logic. Like Marriott has 95 brands today. <laughs> exactly. We've been 105 brands introduced in the last three years. So uh, 95 brands in lodging. Uh, you had Residencen and Homewood uh, kind of at the upper end of extended stay and nothing at the lower end, no, no real brand. And so we um, drove around, looked at some Suburbans and said, you know, if we can make this just a little bit better. And when I say a little bit better, I mean a little bit better, right, pots and pans. Um, but we opened the first one in Spartanburg uh, six months after starting. We didn't know anything about lodging. It was scary what we didn't know. We didn't, we'd never heard of Smith Travel. Um, we, we, it was rental, you know, it was, we're renting tapes, we're renting garbage cans, we're renting whatever, we're renting, renting rooms. And uh, we opened the first one in Spartanburg on an outpad of a shopping center that George owned. We hung a sign up saying, build it, build it and they will come. And uh, sure enough, we had people camped out in the parking lot waiting on us to open. Took the company public December of that first year. We had, we bought two other uh, extended stay hotels in Atlanta. Um, took the company public, we had 10 under construction, we had a billion dollar market cap, back when a billion dollars was a lot of money. And uh, for, for stick frame hotels without elevators and exterior quarters. So uh, it was an amazing ride. We, we built 475 in 42 states, um, fastest growing lodging concept in history at that point. And uh, public company had a, had a tremendous ride learned a lot about lodging. Uh, you know, if, if mistakes were scar tissue, you couldn't see us, but, but we, uh, so we learned a lot over that nine and a half years. Blackstone came along. Uh, we were public, C-Corp, uh, owning the real estate. You know, we did about everything in lodging backwards that you could do. And uh, owned the brand, owned the real estate, C-Corp, um, low leverage, less than Blackstone came along, bought, made us an offer that was 23% above our share price, not something the public company could turn down. Turned out to be a great deal for them, it was, was, a, was a really good deal for us. And uh, then we left and started flying all over the place, trying to find another concept to roll out. So 95 when we start, by the time we sell, there are 350 brands. And uh, we said, there's just not a white space that's worthy of the reputation risk and the capital risk. So let's become franchisees of Marriott and Hilton and Hyatt. And that's what we've done. And, and uh, since then, we've developed 77 hotels. Um, I think almost $3 billion worth of hotels. So very different price point. Our first, our first extended stay cost $3 million to build including uh, everything that goes into the hotel. Um, and now we've done $100 million hotels. So pushing $3 million a room. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kevin, sorry. So, so how many do we have now? 64? So we, uh, we manage uh, 52. Okay. We own about half of those. Um, we have four 
third party deals that we've been given that we've not taken over management yet, but those will come into our portfolio um, over the next 30, 60 days. We will open, uh, we've got a couple under construction. We just opened one in, uh, on Long Island in Garden City, Residence Inn. We, we have a Hyatt place under construction in uh, National Harbor, um, Maryland, across the river from Old Town, Alexandria, um, DC. We doing a massive remodel and addition in Marathon down the Keys. Um, we will start in the next 60 days, a Hyatt place on the beach in Panama City Beach. Um, so we've got a few things going on, nothing like we would normally have. We've got a couple things in entitlement, uh, something in Boston right by Fenway, something in uh, Daly City out in the Bay Area, uh, Naples. Uh, so we've got a few things that are in entitlement that we're working on, but it's a, it's a different, today's a yeah. day. So do you see development continuing? I mean, it sounds like you guys are going full steam ahead, but. I think it's gonna be really, really tough. Yeah, I agree. Be phenomenal, a phenomenal story. So if you just, you know, if you take our, our Boston deal, um, I think there's one Hilton Select Service Hotel in the core of Boston. Um, so we think that's a pretty good bet. We're, uh, we're right beside Fenway. We're right, right around the corner from Longwood Medical. We're right around the corner from Boston U. We're, uh, on one of the main arteries into the back bay. So we think that's, that's probably one of those stories that you can get financed. Um, but you haven't started. You haven't started construction. You haven't started. That'll, that'll be a next year start. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. That's, that's what you forget, right? It takes you two, three, five years to get the idea, find the site, get the entitlements, negotiate with the brands, go through the architectural designs, get all your approvals before you ever put a shovel in the ground. And then finding a loan. Which, oh, by the way, you got to get a loan. Yeah, oh, by the way, the capital. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be, it'll be fascinating to watch what happens with the brand pipelines um, over the next 12, 18 months because it, they've been approving every month record, you know, for years, record right. numbers of new hotels. And uh, there's no way most of those get financed anytime soon. Yeah, I just don't think, I don't see, I see new construction grinding to a halt. With, with the exception of the really talented developers in the industry like yourself and really, really good projects. Uh, but even those are going to be really difficult. So I don't know, really maybe difficult. there's a supply story there that helps us come out because the demands evaporated. Right. But, but it's going to be a big trick going forward. Don't you agree? I think it's going to be, uh, yeah, I, you know, unfortunately, I, I think you're going to see pipelines, as you said, evaporate. You're going to, a lot of these projects that were uh, underwritten with three or three plus percent rep bar growth with 70 plus percent loan to cost um, with L 300 debt, those, those days are gone. And without that, they just, they won't, 
they won't pencil, they won't be able to capitalize them. And, and those, they, won't, they won't appraise. No, right, right. Anyway, all right, so let's back up. So you guys, so after the ESA stuff, you guys got into development or were in development big time and then you started developing the franchise hotels and you developed some really impressive stuff. You're in Spartanburg, South Carolina, so starting in the Southeast, but now you're, as you just said, in the major cities, Northeast, West Coast, major California cities with really good projects. Uh, to your point, $100 million type projects. But you got the coasts covered. What, what do you see in market to market, brand to brand? Um, I, you know, Tig, I think it's what you've heard from a lot of people in these calls you've been doing. They're, they're the drive to coastal, uh, vacation oriented people are dying to get out of their house yeah. absolutely going crazy um, and so people are taking advantage of those opportunities um, you you walk if you go to the beach in Charleston today and walk down the beach it's packed you know there, there are people and they are they're not social distancing and uh, they're living living life um, so those we have we have markets like that that are not massive hotels, uh, that are not resort hotels that that are doing well. Places like New York City, we have a couple of hotels in New York City. It's tough. Uh, not many times, and you, you know, I can't ever recall really at any hour of the day walking down Forty Second Street in the middle of Times Square, and the only people you see are time are homeless and a and a couple of police officers. Um, so it's just a, a, a tragic state of uh, the world right now. And it'll have profound repercussions on many industries, certainly on ours. Um, we big presence in the Bay Area. The Bay Area is tough right now. When you have Google and Facebook and uh, LinkedIn, and you, know, you, you pick another technology company, all competing with one another to push out when they're going to return to work. Um, that's not, that's not good for the hotel business. So that area is tough, but then you've got some areas, Southern California, more uh, tourist oriented that uh, are pretty busy, not busy like they were rates, certainly not where, where it was, but, uh, but it's coming back. We've seen, uh, incremental improvement once we hit a low and we hit a, a horrific low we hit a 10.2 percent occupancy low uh, and to put that perspective we ran last year across the portfolio 84 percent um, and I don't ask me about rate because I'll cry um, I know those numbers but we yeah but we are, uh, we've seen growth every week since then where we were uh, up close to 60% last week. So, you know, it's, it's, it's moving in a, a positive way. It just has a long, long way to go. Long way to go. Did you see how was July 4th week for you? And what have you seen since July 4th? Up or down or taking one good um, Yeah, you know, we back. saw a little... Uh, uh, there's a little bit of uh, there's some noise in there because we, because we have a lot of Hilton product and uh, and you had the end of the Hilton first responders medical support program 
Um, so you had some billing that kind of rolled through the system then that, that maybe impacted the number some, but um, we saw a little bit of a drop last week, but uh, this week has, has continued to kind of come back. The, you know, we're all looking for any sign that we can be encouraged by. We had our best week uh, for booking um, in the middle of May, I think the week of May 18th, something like that. The second best week we've had since this all happened was last week. So, um, you know, that's, that's somewhat encouraging. And of course, you, you're doing that in the face of a bunch of hotels that were closed starting to reopen. So you're, you're seeing some supply that was offline coming back online. And if you can continue to see occupancy growth and, and hopefully begin to find uh, stable ground with rate, then, then those are those are encouraging signs. I wouldn't tell you we found stable ground with Ray yet. It's it's a different customer and that's okay. Do you think your, I know some of your projects, you mentioned Key West project. I think you got a St. Pete project, some beachfront stuff. Yep. You see those, that be in the direction of where you think positive hotel momentum might be in the future? Uh, Key, the Key West hotel has been terrific. We bought a, um, a Best Western that um, most of the rooms have views of the ocean and uh, poured a bunch of money in it, turned that into Hampton Inn and it has, it has been a terrific uh, ride so far. Um, obviously when they shut down the keys, it's not surprising what that does to the hotel business. Yeah. But it, when uh, once they opened things back up, really before they opened things back up, we were getting some uh, uh, key. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the, the uh, word, the term essential business. You know, if you're a hairdresser and, and you feed your family by cutting hair, I think you're pretty dang essential. Um, this idea of shutting down all these companies, all these jobs because they're deemed non-essential is just bizarre to me. Uh, but talk about the cash burn, because that's the, that's the reality, right? Um, so, you know, from a cash burn perspective, we're not worried about giving properties back. We've made a, uh, our, our lenders are our partners. Partnership is one of our principles, and, and uh, we'll, we'll see, see our way through the storm. Um, we're still, we're still a long way though from getting to, to break even. Uh, so the there, it, cash burn is real and, and that's what caused part of the action we had to take last week. Yeah, I mean, again, you're not alone. That's what everybody's working through, uh, but it's good. I know your, your partners uh, are well healed. Uh, I don't know, you got good banking relationships. So are, what, give me some idea of what the banks are doing with you forbearance, interest only, things that's the standard stuff we're hearing. Uh, our, our key banking partners have been terrific and we jumped on the phone with them early. So we were, we were calling them first of March to say, hey, this is, this is serious. Uh, this is what we think is gonna happen. Uh, and they really were not, you know, I think that it surprised, it surprised everybody. So, um, but we've been, we, we've, we are big believers in frequent, transparent communication. Um, 
And when you have that kind of relationship, you work through, work through problems. Now going forward, it'll be, it'll be fascinating to watch. I'm not sure the banks will, um, will, will continue to be quite as lenient as they have been up, up until now. Um, and you know, they're, we didn't sign up for equity risk. Um, we're not, we're not taking equity risk. So be interesting to see what happens then and, and, uh, Barring some kind of miraculous turnaround, we we're going to see a lot of change in our our industry. We're going to, see, you know, it, it, it breaks your heart to see people that have worked really, really hard, uh, scratched and clawed to build up a, uh, some family wealth, and see it wiped out by a virus. I mean, a virus, not something they did, not something. The, uh, the, the economy did around them, not a change in technology, a freaking virus. But uh, that, that, that's where we find ourselves. And, and unfortunately, I think it will have some pretty profound ramifications on the, on the industry and the makeup of the industry, uh, who's in it, who, who might not be in it. Talk about the... You know, talk about the universities. I know you're heavily involved in your alma mater, uh, Wofford. Uh, are we going to have kids in classes come this fall? Uh, that's 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 a heck of a riddle right now, and every every institution is trying to figure it out. Um, I think that the economic impact of not bringing kids back to school is pretty profound, and and it'll be. Uh, it'll be profound for the big institutions, the state institutions, uh, but it'll be really, really profound for the smaller institutions. You know, your, your alma mater, PC, Wofford, we're tuition driven. Um, and so many of the smaller schools across the country are tuition driven. And, and the, the uh, people can talk about Zoom or online. It's not the same. It is not the same experience. And uh, if, if that is the road that we are forced to, to travel, um, I think you could see dramatic, uh, a dramatic hit to a lot, of, a lot of smaller colleges. I think you're right. Well, you're a good man, Corey. G give me some good news. Let's end on some good news. I need something positive. Well, let's see. Uh, I'm gonna show you, uh, I, to, to anybody watching this, Travel, get out of your office, get out of your home office, get back on the road. Come on, jump in. The water's fine. Let's get back to let's get back to work. If if we're not traveling, we shouldn't expect the public to be traveling. Uh, so I'm today calling you from the lobby of our AC hotel in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, for those of you who've never been here, it'd be a fantastic weekend experience. We can uh, we we. It's not Margaritaville, but it is a really cool lobby. We do some really cool drinks. You can have a watch great Wofford football, great Wofford basketball. Have a have a nice uh, beer at the at the brewery at uh, R.J. Rockers across the street. Listen to some bluegrass music. Eat some good food. Come to Spartanburg. Bring the wife. Bring the kids. Absolutely. Or, or, or don't. <laughs> Absolutely. So at our ACs. Uh, we kick off happy hour with 
um, some type of, lo of lobby event. In uh, San Francisco, everybody knows about the fog in San Francisco, and, and uh, we have a, a deal where the, the uh, bartender tells a story about the fog. The fog out there is called the Carl or Carl, and, and so we have a, a special drink, the Carl, and, and it uh, roll, some dry ice rolls across the top of the bar, and he makes these cool cocktails and tells a story. So we do that in all our ACs. So what's the name of that drink? It's not the fog. It's called the Carl. The Carl, yeah. Okay. Uh, so you need to come there. to South. You need to come to South San Francisco. Great. See our hotel, and uh, I'll buy you the Carl. Great. Uh, here in Spartanburg, uh, <laughs> with me, and uh, Michael's gonna walk us through the story of Spartanburg. Let's. I'm, I'm excited. Let's do it, Michael. Uh, so yeah, here in Spartanburg, kind of along those same lines, we do have um, that ritual that we do every day. And ours is based on trains. Hub City was a place you know, where trains came frequently, kind of got the name Hub City. And so the Crescent Train uh, is, it was a train, it's no longer running as the Crescent Train, but it ran from the early 1900s through the mid 1980s, I want to say. It was an elegant train. It ran from New Orleans all the way up to New York in a crescent shape route, and it stopped right here in Spartanburg. Um, peaches were one of the biggest exports from Spartanburg on the train back in the day. It was also a really elegant train, uh, first of its kind. It was kind of like the Titanic of trains. All the seats faced outward. Um, there had different cars. There was a dining car. There was shower cars, both for men and women, smoking trains. It, it was really one of a kind, especially in the time that it was running. Uh, one of the coolest things is it was never late. All the other trains actually stopped, so the Crescent was on the correct time route to continue either all the way up to New York or back down to New Orleans. So we decided to come up with a little drink. It's a it's our spin on a Long Island iced tea, um, and so I was going to go ahead and make it for you guys real quick. Uh, we typically blow a train whistle, kind of signaling the start to that ritual, and then we drink. I need to hear the train whistle, Michael. All right. Um, <laughs> take that for you. Do a little uh, train sound here. That's impressive. Yours. Pardon? From our house to yours. I love it. And the hunter team was paying attention, so <laughs> not sure. There you go. You just need to come here. to Spartanburg, and we'll give you a personal lesson. I'm in. I'm drinking mine. I got a sprig in here too. I'm drinking mine, Corey. <laughs> Cheers, Michael. Cheers that's fantastic. You. I'm very impressed. I'm gonna come get one made that you made. I'm sure it's five to ten thirty every day. This is why we travel, right? See something new. Experience something new meet cool people that's what makes this industry uh click and and uh it will it'll be back you know we're all we're all living in these uh tough times right now but we'll be back with that spirit we will michael thank you Corey. you're a great friend for coming on cheers pal next time i'm trying the drink i thought it's a bad idea <laughs> listen it's 10 45 i mean why not why not the problem is when I finish the whole thing. A sip is okay. It's when I finish the whole thing that I'm... I like the fact Ooh. that you are in your office. Yeah, full bar. I, 
how else would you roll, Corey? Right. Yeah. Well, exactly. would you expect anything less? <laughs> no. Of course not. <laughs> it's been highly disappointing. <laughs> highly. All right. I've loved it. Corey, thanks for coming on. Let's Thank you, pal. I'll come All see right, you man. in Spartanburg. Come to Atlanta and see me. Love to. Keep plowing forward. We need you. Need you. Thanks right. for all you're doing. You're the man. Thanks, Corey. See you, pal.